What up? This is Yankee Diz. Peace. This is Outlaw. And you're listening to the 80s Babies Podcast. That's right. So we back. Another edition. Last time we did uh, Takao 2000, Make It a Classic. That's right. That's so right. you want to introduce the one we're doing this, this time? Yeah. So on this segment, we're back with another edition of Make It a Classic. And this time we're doing The Firm featuring Nas, AZ, Foxy Brown, Nature, Dr. Dre, Trackmasters. Whatever, whoever. The super group. The super group. Were they a super group, though? I mean, I, I would say they had some heavy hitters. I I, I feel like they, yeah, they were a super group for sure. So I guess you kind of answered my question that I was going to ask, uh-huh. which is what, why did you want us to do this album? Like, what stood out to you? And I guess you just kind of answered it. The collection of its parts right. was good. Yeah. Um, for the, from the time and i mean you know let's also think about our time frame right like we're talking about a time frame in hip-hop where it went from you know one artist or one group work with one producer and everything was in-house and it was all about your crew the lost boys did songs with you know cannabis and a plus and that was that was like wow they're adding people to their cypher so you know now you come along with the idea of the commission right where where um where big you know said okay me jay sees uh you know charlie baltimore kim we all gonna have a group together and everybody's like wow this is this is revolutionary so one of the first groups that actually really did this in my opinion is the firm right like they okay they came together as artists that were all solo artists um, kind of in the same vein, but they created a super group. So I think that's that's relevant. And important. Okay. And the first time they did that was actually on Nas's second LP, right? Right. So the affirmative action song right. kind of teed up what what was going to become the firm. Okay. Yeah. So uh, so we'll go into it. I think usually we start with the critical reception, or, or well, no, where, we, no, where were you? Yeah. So where was okay. I? So yeah. this was um, this is what uh, fall of nineteen ninety seven. Yeah. All right, so if I'm not mistaken, I have to be a freshman in high school. Yeah. And so I'm just now really getting into like what hip hop is for real, right? Like yeah. like I said, like in middle school, I was listening to whatever was on the radio. Mm-hmm. And I want to say that, you know, Will Smith, Big Willie Style came out around this time. I think so. I think September 97. If, uh, I, if I just actually have it up on my head, I think that. But I uh, They came out in November. But okay. yes, it did come out in yeah. 97. Yeah. And I bought that album. Um, but other other things that came out around that time, you had um, you know Puff Daddy's No Way Out. I think that yep. came out in July. Yep. Um, actually, let's start let's start from the beginning of of ninety seven, right? Okay. So Life After Death that comes out in uh, in March. Mm-hmm. Um, we got Wu Tang Forever that comes out in June. Missy Elliott came out that summer along with Puff Daddy. The big one to me was Busta Rhymes' When Disaster Strikes. Wow, it's yeah. his sophomore LP that yep. came out in uh, September, and Man. that joint game changer. That joint took over. I mean, I know that you know the following year was ninety eight, mm-hmm. but that that When Disaster Strikes that joint was huge. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mace Harlem World came out around that time. Yeah, right after this one, actually. Um, LL Cool J's Phenomenon came out in October. Jay Z right. Volume One came out in November. Which, right. to be honest, I December know that, actually. Oh, was it? I think it was. Oh no, 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 no November. You're right. Like a, a eat, eat, few weeks after this. To be honest, though, like I know this is gonna sound like kind of blasphemous to say, but I don't think that album was particularly relevant at that time. I, 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 in the sense of what Jay Z is now, like right. that album. Yeah. Uh, and and I like that album. I actually mm-hmm. prefer, I actually prefer Volume One over Volume Two. Right. But um, but that album wasn't. I don't think that album was like um a huge deal like compared to even like LL Cool J's Phenomenon or like I said uh you know Busta Rhymes. So where were you? Strikes. So where was I? So I was you know I was definitely Busta Rhymes, Will Smith somehow, and I'm I'm just <laughs> now getting I'm starting to get into you know my Wu Tang thing. Mm. So Wu Tang Forever came out, but yeah. I wasn't really listening to that. It was more, you know, uh, Thirty Six Chambers, mm-hmm. Takao. Um, I'm drawing, so I'm drawing my portraits, starting to draw my graffiti. Mm-hmm. Maybe flirting with the idea of breakdancing. Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely recording music videos, and I'm learning the dance moves. This was a big thing mm. actually back then, because right. uh, taping them. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. um, exactly. So that's that's kind of where I was, just just the beginnings of my hip hop kind of kind of love. So that's where I was right. when this album came out. What about okay. you? Uh, same here. I was uh, I was really really like this is around the time I really fell in love with hip hop. Um, 
I was a big bad boy fan. He talked about that. The locks was my favorite group at the time. Um, so I think that lends itself to this discussion a lot, actually, in terms of the way the, the, the music sounded that I was, I was into, you know, I was just learning really about Wu as well. Um, and, uh, I was in Cali, of course. So a lot of, a lot of Cali music, of course, influenced me, but, but I was really just starting to get my feet wet in terms of uh, like other regions outside of just like bad boy, which was huge commercial success. Um, you know, Outkast, okay. you know, some of the other groups like that. I was, I was starting to learn about. So, Which, uh, but, and that would have been Outkast would have been ATLians. But when did that drop? Uh, when was that? Ninety six. Was it? But, okay. uh, but I, but I didn't get into it till ninety seven. Okay. So uh, I was a little late on 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 ATLians. But uh, uh, Equipment I didn't come out until the following year. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, but um, but I, I mean, I think it's relevant also because, I, like I said, I was really getting into hip hop and I really liked Nas. I was okay. a big Nas fan at the time. Um, I I, I heard a, an interview with Schoolboy Q, and he you know made the argument that it was written is better than Illmatic. Okay. And um, while I don't necessarily agree. Um, I see why he makes the argument because I think we're around the same age range. And um, I think a lot of hip hop has to do with where you were when you heard it. Okay. Um, and It Was Written was the first Nas album that I experienced the moment. I didn't That's get funny. the moment of Illmatic. Illmatic would have been, if I had an older brother or sister, they exactly. would have been there when, you know, when the, when the tracks leaked and when, you know, they rushed to put the album out and, right. you know, the live and the barbecue, you know, verse came out and everybody was like, this dude's going to change the game. And, right, right, you right. know, I didn't, I didn't experience all that. I heard it later. So it okay. was out of the context of when it dropped, but I heard it was written in context and I heard this album as well. So you heard it was written in 96 as it came out. Yeah. Okay. And that I think that's important mm-hmm. when we talk about this album because that it was written inspired this, right? Yes, right. No? Essentially, yes. Um and also for me, it was written um was one of the songs that I picked up while I was still in my middle school phase, so I heard if I ruled the world. Right. And then went out and got it was written and became a huge Nas fan. Okay. So like I, I didn't I didn't have like super lyrical Nas and then and then Trackmaster's Nas come and I'm mad. Right, okay. Trackmaster's Nas was the first Nas I really experienced. Okay. So uh, that that's kind of a little different. So Illmatic was like a bonus to you when you discovered that. You're like, yeah, because wow, I was like, like wow, yo, this dude okay. is like he could do everything. Uh, you know, uh, which which is funny. But yeah, so uh so critical reception, I guess uh critical like from when we, when we talk about critical reception both you know your friends uh people in school what you saw on television mtv raps whatever there was no critical reception hmm. this was not an album that my friends and i talked about wow um it had the song it had it had two songs okay it had phone tap right. and it had the joint with don uh Firmbiz. yeah yeah all right I don't know if any of my friends purchased this album. This is uh, not something that was in rotation. Nobody okay. talked about it. Uh, and so I'm kind of curious why right. you picked this one. So clearly this something about this stood out to you and yeah. I'm, de- I'm dying to hear it. So <laughs> that's actually really funny. And that's why this is going to be a funny discussion. Obviously I was in California. Okay. Um, Dr. Dre could do no wrong at this point in time. Fair enough. And Nas, you know, was also the guy i mean yeah yeah you know we, we have the aftermath uh you know donut that he that he yeah because that there. was supposedly um, that was his weakest period yeah, and they yeah, yeah yeah when people talk about that they cite this album as, as the beginning of that right okay so so at the time in california at least you know you have what's going on with death row and everybody's like what is dr dre gonna do next okay and you have Nas, who's wildly successful at this point in time. You have Foxy Brown, who's killing the charts, yeah, right? She had yeah. just done collaborations with, with uh, you know, with uh, Jay, Jay-Z, et cetera. Right. And she's, she's got hit songs at the time. And then, you know, they come together and they do an album that's going to be produced by Dr. Dre. So everybody in California, kind of, at least around me, were, were like hotly wanted to see what Nas sounds like over Dr. Dre production. Okay. So I think that's where where it is for me. Um, and the critical reception was people were really underwhelmed by this album. Okay. Um, I think that people were too hard on this album. All right. Uh, personally. And so, uh, I mean, I, I think I'll just leave it there so we can get into, you know, the whole discussion or whatever. Um, you want to go into your highlights? 
Uh, my highlights. Yeah, no, I got I got some highlights. Um, so first of all, <laughs> the, the record needs to show that I did not actually listen to this album when it came out. Okay. Um, you had mentioned this is something that you wanted to do, so I listened to it three times. Mm. And the highlights to me were going to start right off the bat. Um, the artwork, the album cover. <laughs> okay. Like, you, you, that that sounds kind of silly, but mm. nah. Like when you look at that album. People, you know, they the, the reason why the expression is don't judge by a book, uh, don't judge a book by by its cover. The reason mm -hmm. why that's an expression is because people judge things by how things look. Right. And the album cover, it looks like it should be dope. Yeah. Not, you know, not <laughs> like you, you. You've got the faces strategically placed. Uh -huh. Um, the lighting on them is perfect, and the 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 background is black. You got black, this yeah. nice, elegant font. Yeah. It looks cool. Right. It, you know, so that's like, that's kind of a highlight. Mm -hmm. You jump right into it. You're like, oh, okay. So we got the firm. We got this mafioso thing. We got this Goodfellas mm -hmm. kind of thing going on. And that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got some, some good, some good beats. Mm -hmm. Uh, I do... The some of its parts I think are, is good. I think the, the the components of the album. I think that the people, specifically Foxy Brown, Nas, Az, Dr. Dre, Track Masters. I think those things work. Mm. Um, as far as more specifically the details of the album, I'm just gonna go say a, a highlight to me is just Az. Okay. Um, and I think that most people who most people who have an appreciation for New York hip hop specifically. Mm -hmm. I don't think you're going to find anybody who has anything negative to say about AZ. And I'm not even that well-versed hmm. uh, with all of his catalog. Right. But I think that AZ is just kind of one of those those rappers who, yeah, he, he never he never got to the mainstream status, but we all just we all just kind of like him. Like yeah. AZ's on the track. It's like, oh, I kind of want to hear what he has to say because yep. he's just nice, right? Mm -hmm. So that to me is a highlight. Um, I, like, I like the phone tap. Phone tap was good. Yeah. And... Yeah, that's that's about it. Uh, that's about <laughs> it as one, far as so, highlights. There's, there's some okay. other good things that I could talk about, but right. they all need work. Okay. So go ahead. So yeah, um, highlights. Uh, first of all, to piggyback on what you were saying about the um, the album cover um, mm -hmm. and the mafioso thing, um, I read an article that basically postulates that you know only built for Cuban links is the worst thing that ever happened to hip hop. And the reason that they said that is because they said that literally, and, it, and it's very true, and I think it, it, it fits this particular album. After that point, everybody had an alias. This is true. Everybody was a cartoon kingpin drug, you know, mafia guy, yeah. um, you know, etc. And it had like point for point the things that everybody stole from Only Built for Cuban Links after. Quick question. Uh, was Biggie Frank White after Cuban Link or did yes. he do that? He <sighs> Because remember, yeah, he was just a regular drug dealer on the, first, on the first one. He was yeah. just Biggie Smalls. And he had he the number Frank one mom White, pendant and Frank all White. that. And then he became this mafioso Don, you know, right. afterwards. Okay. But um, so uh, I think this album, you know, I'm calling this a highlight and a low light. Um, this album basically tried to create an intersection between all of the things that were mainstream hip hop at the time. So, you know, it's uh, we're, we're, we're these fly New York cats, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we're larger than life, you know, mafioso kingpins. We have, you know, nicknames and all this other stuff. And I get why they did that, right? Like, um, we, there, there's a lot of, and, and this is this goes to history, and maybe we should have discussed this before, but you know, the way this album came together, actually, and even it was written itself, was Nas puts out Illmatic. Um, Illmatic, people love, but it, it's underwhelming from a sales perspective. This is true. Bad Boy comes in and they, and they kill everything. Nas, Nas enlists Steve Stout as his manager. Okay. Steve Stout brings him to Trackmasters and says, these guys are making hits. You need to get with the format and start making hits with these guys. Right. This album is, we're going to just put an all-star team together and put it with the most popular type of production here today and put it out. Okay. And so now you get, you know, you get Nas, who's Nas, basically competing in the lane of Bad Boy and, and Biggie. So, yeah, you know, and, and, and that's the interesting thing to me, but mm -hmm. pre-show, you know, I mentioned what was it about this album that you liked? And you said, right. well, you know, I was a different place. I was really into bad boy. Right. And so, you know, you're talking about bad boy and Biggie. Yeah. Um, and even somewhat to some extent, you know, Jay-Z, even yeah. though his album came out after this, Jay-Z yep. had that mafioso theme. I don't exactly. think he had any nicknames, 
but he definitely had skits from Goodfellas on yeah, there. Yeah. Um, the pain in the ass character did his okay. Yeah, I reloaded. Exactly. Like he had all that. Yep. And um, so uh, it's going into that, but mm-hmm. even you just said mm-hmm. this is kind of inspired by Cuban Link, which came out you know mm-hmm. two years prior to that came mm-hmm. out in August of '95. Right. I'm just um, talking so, about the new Nas persona because but, Nas's persona in '94 was not what the Escobar character came after. But but here's the question though: uh-huh. if this is an album that's kind of in some way you know spawned or inspired by Cuban Link, mm-hmm. would you say it is? I mean, I think I think everything in this in this range was in some way inspired by Cuban Link. Yes, Be- because it's just interesting for you to say that, but then mm-hmm. say well, also sounding like Bad Boy, because those are two entirely different. Well, sounds so let so and, let me let me let tones. me complete that that thought. Right, please do. Please so do. so we're, we're again talking about um the 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 particularly the mafioso piece. Right. Um, and this this was really heavy in the mafioso piece. So the person that was doing it right or well was big. There's a lot of talk about how Jay-Z basically bit Big's whole thing with volume one. Okay. Um, and even to go to the extent of going to get Enlist Puff to do that, I know what girls like song and put that out as a single, right? So this album actually came out, I believe, two weeks before volume one did. So around that time, I think the same way Jay was influenced by Big in, in, in trying to create that mafioso persona... Uh, the firm, I think, also was influenced in the same way. Okay, but this is Nas's take on it with Nas's crew. Um, I, I, I also think a highlight of it is, um, you know, and salute me or shoot me. I'm a, people are gonna get mad, whatever. So Jay wrote a lot of Foxy's rhymes prior to the firm. Okay, and you know, there's rumors of you know little relationship there and then you know she bounced and she started rocking with Nas. Right. And Nas wrote the rhymes on this one. Okay. So um highlights like like I think it's dope to hear Foxy recontextualized now as uh, as this mafia chick with Nas writing the rhymes. Okay. Um again I I agree with you. I like the cast of characters here. Um I think Phone Tap was really really dope. Yeah, Phone Tap is dope. Um I think that Firm Fiasco was dope. I think that AZ was really dope, and I love that he opened up the album uh, with that verse. From Fiasco is uh, in the context of the album. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. With you. And and I, and and I, one of the things that I also want to outline as a highlight for me, um, I saw the movie Goodfellas after I heard this album. Okay. This album is heavily influenced by Goodfellas. Yes, there's a, a lot, lot of references to Goodfellas. Th- there's a lot of music um, in general around. It was coming around around that time that yeah, had references to this. And Goodfellas is one of my favorite movies. And I, I really like the oh, whole cool, um, how they start the album off with the introducing each other. And it's like, you know, he tipped the bartender $100 just for keeping the ice cold. Like, right. like that's like one of my favorite pieces of the Goodfellas movie. And I like I like how they weave that in here. Um, So let's go to the lowlights. So the lowlights is, uh, look, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, all right. There, there is a lot of lowlights to this. Um, all right, I'll, I'll go with the easy, the low hanging fruit, right? All right, for one, there's not enough Nas on here. Nas is only on like five tracks, I think. Okay. Um, that's that's number one. I think he should have been on at least eight of them. Right. Um, I mean, the dudes on the album cover, you've got people like Wizard and Half a Mill. And uh, who like cannabis is on here? Mm-hmm. Um, there's another oh, pretty boy, right? Like mm-hmm. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> I, I mean, I, look, I know who cannabis is, but it, okay. but around that time, uh-huh. around that time, like uh-huh. I don't know who these people are. Okay. And if this is a if if you guys are a group, mm-hmm. then act like a group. Mm. You know what I mean? It just it seems like, and this is gonna go into my second point, right? Mm-hmm. It seems like they had this kind of idea to put an album together. Mm-hmm. And they they started off serious, you know. You got you got your firm fiasco, you got mm-hmm. your phone tap, right? Right, right. And then it, they just start fucking around. <laughs> like the, the the rest of this album, they're not taking it seriously, right? And so it's like it's like guys, like you're supposed to be professionals, especially mm. you know if you're gonna go the whole the whole mob thing, right? right the whole mafioso thing. Yeah. So take this seriously if that's right. what you wanted to do, and that and I think that's one of the reasons why like none of my friends really listened to this album. Mm. No one cared about it. The, I feel like <laughs> the people who put it together 
didn't care about it. You know okay. what I mean? And 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 okay, Dr. Dre has got some good work on here. Yeah. Um, he's got some other things that are not all that great. And right. Trackmasters, Trackmasters came with it when yeah. it was written. They did not come with it on this album. In yeah. fact, um, yeah. So when you first mentioned us doing the firm, I was thinking back to the, to the songs were on this. I knew about Firm Biz. I knew about um phone tap and i thought that affirmative action was actually on this i was like oh yeah there's going to be some good things to talk about uh, but yeah. it's not and i'm like right. oh that's right because uh-huh. the firm was on it was written and this that and the other right right so uh, yeah like i don't know it's it seemed like they didn't know what they wanted to do I, at yeah. some point they're taking it real serious and then at other times it's like they're still just trying to do whatever was hot like the whole yep. firm biz and yep. and uh firm all-stars oh that's the other thing Mm-hmm. I think four or five tracks have the words firm in it. Yeah. It's like you guys just wanted to put this out there, but like, do like make music. Right. Do something good. Right. So, uh, those are a lot of little lies for me. I uh-huh. just, I, I don't know. I just didn't think it was very good. So, right. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my low lights, I would say, um, I would say I agree with you that this was not a focused effort. Um, I think that there was a lot going on at this time. Um, Cormega was supposed to be in the firm. Uh, I guess I thought that it w- he was in jail at the time when this was recorded, but actually, when I when I looked into it, he just had contractual issues and they couldn't they couldn't get him in. Uh, so that's one thing, you know. I think that's like a that that creates kind of a chemistry issue. You, you um, think that Cormega's presence would have done more? I'll do I'll do my that in my my make it a classic, okay. but right. um, but I do think that chemistry matters. Um, and I think this you have a lot of parties here. Um, you had Dr. Dre, who's trying to redeem himself, right? Yeah. You had um, the track masters who were really kind of well-known and hit makers and et cetera. But what they do and what Dr. Dre does is just completely different. Yeah. Right? Uh, so let me interject right. just real quick. Yeah. Uh, I think it could have worked mm-hmm. between Dr. Dre and track masters. Mm-hmm. But this album, it clearly did not work. Yeah. And you got to think about the time frame, right? So... At the time, Dr. Dre is actually not killing shit anymore, right? Yeah, right. The Trackmasters just did Big Willie style. Mm-hmm. So they're like the biggest dudes ever. And I mean, I don't want to, I'm not trying to kill the Trackmasters because I think I, I think that they, they're they talented in their own way yeah. and what they do is dope. But like, if I want somebody to executive produce an album, I don't want the Trackmasters telling Dr. Dre what to do. That's I would just agree. me personally. Yeah. So so um so I think that there's there's a little bit of dust up there. Uh also you have people who are free agents and have their own camps. Uh you mentioned Pretty Boy. I think Pretty Boy is probably the lowest low light of this entire album. Okay. Um, but I get why he's on there. And and I'll I'll go ahead and drop, you know, or or discuss that with you. Yes, Basically, please please answer that question. The so, question I have is why is Pretty Boy on this so album? P- Pretty Boy is Foxy Brown's brother. Pretty Boy is actually, so Foxy Brown is managed by her two older brothers, Gavin Marchand, and I don't remember what the other brother's name is. I okay. think Gavin Marchand is the one that's uh, Pretty Boy. Oh, so okay. he was a rapper that kind of had the, this whole Mace, you know, fabulous yeah, type of right, flow right, to him, right. but he I never agree. really popped. And he was on a lot of Foxy albums. Like he he always guest appear because he managed her. Okay. Um. I don't want Pretty Boy's influence on what this album is going to sound like. I don't okay. want him to be an executive producer. Like, like I think he was a low light. His involvement in this album was a low light. Okay. Um, I also agree with you. We didn't need Wizard on on this album. You know what I mean? Um, I personally would cut the entire song that Pretty Boy is on. Uh, I think it's a low light. I think the entire song that Wizard is on is a low light. Um, I think that. So are we making it a classic right now? Are you Not just yet. I'm lights? just talking I... about my lowlights because I think they're really bad. Okay. And I think that I'm leaving is really bad. And um yeah. and and I like Noriega. and I like Nori at the time, right? Like I like yeah. Nori put wasn't it ninety seven that that Nori dropped the N O R E album? No, that was came later. He Capone and Noriega had like the War Report or something. Yeah, like so, that, so something like that. So this is somebody who's who's putting out you know quality music at the time. I, I respect Noriega, oh, but yeah. he was a clown on this track. 
Yeah, I just I on didn't, this track, I didn't he is feel an absolute him. clown. And I'll go into. <laughs> I'm not gonna call the guy a clown. No, but I'll just go on this the, song. Just on this song, he yeah. sounds because because I like Nori. I'm yeah. not, you know, I'm not a, a huge super fan, mm-hmm. but like, oh, you know, Nori's cool. Yeah. Not on this track. Yeah. No, agreed. I, I really don't like that. So th- those are my lowlights. Um, and I'll go into you know what I would do to change it and all that other stuff and make it a classic. But I'd like to start with you. I actually am really really interested to hear how you would make it a classic because okay. I think you're just going to say that you couldn't make it a classic. No, all right. But I want to hear it. So go ahead. Uh, I, <laughs> I can make this a classic, Okay. Um, but it's not because of what is necessarily currently on it. Like I said, the highlights for me are the, the sum of its parts, you know, the components, who is comprised in this album, right? Right. Um, and I do think the way that it starts is cool. Right. And then it gets off course and it's almost like, you know, this whole firm family, firm all stars, like, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, like, we're the firm. Hey, like, uh, are you the Brady Bunch? Like, <laughs> that's, that's kind of how, like, you guys come on here. Right. And the, all that needs to go. So okay. I think that for me, mm-hmm. the, the, the most important thing is to, to, to take this album very seriously. Yeah. Take this whole concept seriously mm-hmm. um and i would have stuck with the goodfellas theme yeah through and through yep in fact i what i would have done is i would have made this album a story and there's other artists um i know who did albums like this yeah which i i i've never actually listened to them but i know that you like prince yes. paul you love the prince paul album yes. and one you of say the best that, albums ever. and you say that that that's a story from start to finish it's a movie and it's a movie and i think sticky fingers yes, actually Black had trash, one the autobiography of kirk jones and that's one where like he's coming out of jail yes. and then right right yep. and so i think that had they made this whole entire thing mm-hmm. um like a like a movie like a story mm-hmm. i think it would have been tight yeah um what i would have liked to have done so 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 mm-hmm. so to me it's not even about some of the individual tracks yeah like so you mentioned you mentioned the song Untouchable. That's the one with Wizard that you think the whole thing needs to go. That yeah. beat is actually hot. Yeah. Um, but like I don't know who Wizard is. Throw, throw your guns is actually not a bad track. Yeah. Uh, it's got half a mil. Like yeah. put Nas on it. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. beat is the beat is cool. Yeah. The track is alright. Uh-huh. Um. So so there you go. So that's music wise, right? Okay. It's 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 got a few salvage uh, sal- um, a few songs that you can salvage on it, right? right. But for me, what I'm thinking more about conceptually. And so what mm-hmm. I would have had is I would have almost had like a villain on this album, mm. right? Like I would have had it like the firm are these folks who, who, who are coming up and, and this album is like the story of how they become the firm okay. and they're kind of going against a boss. Okay. Right. And that boss to me would have been cool. G rap. Huh. Uh, I'm gonna tell you why. Look, Cool G Rat may not have been necessarily. I, I think Cool G Rat would have been perfect. Okay. The reason why I'm gonna say this is this because first of all, he's not that mainstream at the time. Right. Where if he's a villain on someone and he ultimately loses, it's like it's like a big deal. Like, okay. all right, Biggie, Biggie is dead. So mm-hmm. you know, but let's say Biggie was still around. Like you can't have Biggie be the villain. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's he's Biggie's got to win at the end, right? But Cool G Rat, I think, would have been perfect because. You know, he's 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 talented enough, but he's not a big name enough that he can't come on an album and his character, you know, can ultimately lose. Right. Okay. The reason why I think he would have been perfect is I'm not sure if you've ever listened to the album Roots of Evil. Yeah. Which you have. Mm-hmm. People talk about Big as being a great storyteller, Nas yeah. as being a great storyteller. That dude, Cool G Rap, could, oh, could, sure. could tell a story. And yeah. he's got some mafioso tracks oh, on sure. Roots of Evil that sound amazing. Like, not just... Like lyrically, he's amazing, but the story is amazing, yeah. and the persona is amazing. Yeah. And I think that if you had him on like two or three tracks mm. as like as some kind of like boss, okay, and you went that angle, um, mm. I think I think you could have done something here. And it sounds almost kind of like I don't want to say corny, sounds mm. kind of maybe I don't know a little far fetched. I'm not sure if artists were really doing this, mm. but at the same time that we talk about. Um, and this is the last point I'm going to make. At the same time, we talk about how these MCs were giving themselves nicknames, right? Mm-hmm. They were all, and, and the, the, so they're comparing themselves to, you know, um, you know, uh, Pablo Escobar, yeah, and Frank White, right. and whoever else, right, right, right. right. They were also comparing themselves to Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Like yep. this is an era of hip hop when yep. people were treating Robert De Niro and Al Pacino like they were gangsters. Right. But they're not gangsters. <laughs> they're they actors. were actors. Right. They're just human beings. They're probably nice individuals. Mm-hmm. They were not gangsters. But it's just like if you guys want to be that, then be that. So make mm. yourself this character. Okay. And really, 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 you know, 
put everything into it and sell this whole character, sell this whole story. And right. that I think is what this album should have been. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure if it becomes an amazing piece of music, but okay. I think it becomes a classic just in terms of, I think you had the chance to almost do what, what, what Cuban link did, right. um, but do it even a little bit more in terms of the storytelling angle. Mm-hmm. And I think you could have done something really, really significant here. So right. that's pretty much all I have to take on it. Okay. Um, you know, otherwise, just make Dr. Dre better on this, make Trackmasters mm. better on this, mm. and that's me. That's my. That's that's my. That's my. That's the only thing I can do to to, to possibly make this a classic. Because otherwise, right. yeah, I just don't see it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, my my make it a classic. Um, I don't think I go as far as you. Um, to the point where I'm 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 making it a a legit like concept album, like real concept album. I'm okay with this as like a Team USA, you know, or like a like a All Star Team type of of you know super group where they 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 have a theme, but it's really just more about hearing your favorite artists together, just kind of making records together. Um, I I think that this album, a lot of the album itself is is already salvageable. Okay. Um, I I I've kind of conflicted in I like the I love A Z's first verse on this album. Okay. Um, on Firm Fiasco. Um, and I think it was a dope way to open the album. But like you, I would like this to actually have a story. Mm-hmm. And I would like it to follow the story. So, you know, if you're the, you're the firm, I don't, I don't need a villain. I'm okay with you being the firm and you're running from the cops and the cops are trying to, trying to shut That's you cool down. That's cool, too. Um, this album, in my opinion, if it, is, if it runs parallel to um, Goodfellas, it's the portion of Goodfellas where... You know, um, my man is like doing coke. He's super paranoid. He keeps seeing cars going up and down the block. So, so, is, the, so is the end of Goodfellas? Yeah. Okay. So for me, I mean, you know, like songs like uh, Five Minutes to Flush, right. um, you know, Phone Tap. This is like the paranoia piece of this movie. Okay. And I feel as though they really could have weaved a tale about this paranoia and how, you know, the feds are like really clamping down on them and how are they going to escape. And I don't care if they escape or get caught at the end of the album. I just wanted to actually have a story. Um, and I really, really like both the intro and the um, the instrumentation of Desperados. So okay. I feel like that would be a really dope um, introduction to an album. Cannabis um, on there? But yeah, that's the only thing. I wouldn't want cannabis on my first song. But back to what you were saying about, you know, the time frame. In 97, like... I probably cared more about cannabis than I did half of the people that we're even talking about, right? Like in '97, because in 1997, we're talking when isn't this the time frame when his first album came out with, no. uh, with Second Round KO? Or was that '98? No, that was that was like '98, maybe even '99. Because I, uh, I well, Phenomenon had four two three one on it, right? Four three two one. That had that was on Phenomenon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And so cannabis is on that. All right, all right. So, well, well, yeah. So cannabis had a second round knockout had to come out probably sometime in '98. It was a okay, response. Yeah, it was '98. You're right. It you're was right, a response right. to LL Cool J's verse on Four Three Two One. Right. So uh, cannabis, you know, that album did not come out. Uh, so the album was was being recorded. I think the time frame we're talking about is cannabis kind of transitioning from being a Lost Boys kind of a Lost Boys uh, affiliate okay. who was killing shit on his verses. But I say that to say, around that time, cannabis was somebody who's known like when I see his name in the credits, yeah. I know he's you know he's batting for the the stand. This is true. Um, and so and when I saw his name on there, I was like, I really really want to hear this verse. Um, He's the only verse that I, I felt that way about. Um, I I think that half a mil was a pleasant surprise for me. He's I actually thought, not bad. On I thought this. half I just, a mil was dope on this, yeah. and then we later heard him on. Um, I don't know if you're really familiar with the with the Belly soundtrack, but there was a song: "Some niggas blood and some niggas is crips. Some niggas ain't got nothing. Some niggas rich." That joint. Okay. He had that song on there, and a lot of people talked about that as a surprise standout on the Belly soundtrack as well. Okay. So for me, I keep half a mil. Half a mil is a pleasant surprise for me. Um, what what I kind of introduced though was, I take um. 
I take sticky fingers from Onyx and I put them on Throw Your Guns. Okay. For two reasons. One, how can you have a song called Throw Your Guns and not think about Onyx? Right, right, right. Because they had that joke. Right. Yeah. Two, um, you're a queen. You got a Queens rapper who's heading up, you know, this thing you, uh, with Nas, and, and this is a this is a Queens affair. Why not bring a legendary Queens rapper in, in Sticky Fingers and add him to to that song? Okay. So, um, I add him to the song, and I think I also take uh, Nori off of I'm Leaving. Oh, yeah, he's got to go because that song is, is getting scrapped. Right. I put Nori on Throw Your Guns and I make it a Queens affair. So I put I put okay. Nas. Half a mil's not from Queens. I think he's from Brooklyn. But I keep him there because he did his thing. Um, but I put Nas, I put Nori, and I put Sticky all on Throw Your Guns. So AZ is getting scrapped from, from, from Throw no, Your AZ, Guns? No, AZ, because he just does the hook, right, on Throw Your Guns? No, he got a verse. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I keep him there. I mean, the other dude's from Brooklyn, too. So so that, that, I'm cool with that. Um, the other thing that I do that's a major addition is um, why try to fix something that isn't broken? Affirmative action is like the yeah. firm's best song. Yeah. Why wouldn't you either put that song on this album <laughs> or do another song with Havoc producing and put it on here? Well, Trackmasters right? produced that oh, song. Oh, that was a Trackmasters one. Yeah. Havoc did the other joint. Havoc but did yeah. have a joint on there, though. So what and, I say. And, and Havoc's beat on It Was Written, um, I forget the name of the song, but I was listening was cool. to it. I was listening to it before it, and it was a good. Yeah. I, I remember thinking, I was like, oh, this is nice. Yeah, but, but so, I mean, I, th- then that, that's an addition then, because I, I, I want to have it beat on there. Yeah. Um, if possible. That's cool. But, uh, but I think that you make an affirmative action too, and you put Cormega on it. Okay. So Cormega does get a verse, even though he's having, you know, contractual issues and he's not, you know, on this. Um, and then my last little bit was, and I actually might, I'm actually might switch now and say, make it a havoc beat, but I do want a beat that kind of takes us out of the zone, a curveball. Um, and I was thinking maybe a Pete Rock beat. Okay. Um, for this, I'm just trying because, to think what Pete Rock was even doing at that time. Yeah, this was a year before Soul he Survivor. came out with Soul Survivor. Oh, great album. Um, and I love that album. But uh, but prior to this. Some of my favorite Do or Die songs, or uh, not Do or Die, but uh, what's AZ's first one? Yeah, it's Do or Die. Uh, yeah, Do or Die. Do or Die. Oh, uh, yeah. so we're, we're the the Pete, Pete Rock tracks, okay. um, particularly uh, what's the joint? I, I haven't listened to the album. I just know uh, that he had an album come out in '95 called Do or Die or Do or Die. Yeah, you gotta is. you gotta bump the um, the Pete Rock song on there. Okay. So I, I think that like that would be a, a good way to switch things up, but. So I make I make Dr. Dre the hands-on um, executive producer. I Good think choice. he had some really lush, dark production that's underrated on this on this on this joint. Like he made some great sound beds on here. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, for example, Firm Family. Um, I think the other thing that I do is I, I kind of change the way this album was marketed. Okay. Um, I think in their mind. They had a song that was lush, like a Mo Money Mo Problems in um, Firm Biz. Yeah. And so they threw Firm Biz out there and tried to swing for the fences on the yeah. first track. But the album, the theme of the it does, the theme of the album isn't this, right? This well, is it kind of is like everything from Firm All Stars mm-hmm. to Firm Biz, with the exception, like so. So Firm All Stars uh, is cut on mine. No, but I'm saying that whole. Yeah. Like that whole collection of songs, like yeah, kind of yeah, goes yeah. along with that. I okay, feel like. so so for me, I keep hardcore, just because I've always liked that sample. Okay. Um, I like encore. I like the original record. Um, and that's that's kind of poppy and glammy and glitzy, you know. Um, but I'm I'm cutting firm all stars. I'm cutting um fuck somebody else. Yeah, I'm sorry, Dre. I know you tried. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I don't like no, that. No love for Foxy on that? Yeah, no. And and I, I do think that Foxy definitely needed an opportunity to really show herself. I, I just don't think that that was it for me. Um, But uh, but but the Firm Biz joint, I think, was a swing for the fences. And I think it could have actually even done more than it did. And it did it did pretty well. That was the the highest charting. I just remember I liked Don Robinson as oh, a video. Don Robinson, Robinson was great for video. But we don't have to go there right I used to have a crush on Don from Invo. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, I think that instead they come out with Firm Fiasco as a as a single that's like a street single. They market it 
with a video a with, video with okay. the whole goodfellas theme around. yeah yeah okay um you know so the whole you know the bartenders keeping the eyes cold and they basically recreate the scene from goodfellas where um your boy ray Liotta's on a date and he walks into the joint and and the girl is just like wow he knows everybody he's putting money in people's hands he's dapping them up they're like sorry we have no more tables and they're like oh it's you and they put him in the front row, right in front of the band. They make a table for him. You know what I mean? So basically, the Ashante video where Irv Gotti and... What was it? Was it Terrence Howard, Weebae? One of them was in that. Yeah. You talking about where she remade the, the, the Biggie, Biggie song? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm not a fan. But that video, though. Is that what they did? That's, that's essentially the video. Yeah, I didn't see the video, but but that's what I but want. You, you got to go back to it. You got to go back to it. Uh, I think that's Irv Gotti. Or so one yeah. of them saying that. But but that's what I do here. But I but I, I don't know about it being the Irv I don't want it to be funny. I want it to be like... I don't think they meant it to really, be funny. I want it to be like really serious and dark. The the music is like a soundtrack. Like okay. with that, like if you took all the raps off of it and you just played just the instrumental, yeah, it paints a picture by itself. Okay. So that's how I started. Um, and then I probably come through with uh with phone tap the way they did again on some street single shit, but I make phone tap the B side to firm biz. And then I drop Firm Biz as a single as well. Okay. So Firm Biz I drop as a single for people to actually it to get radio play and etc. And then I have Phone Tap as its B side. Um, that's probably how I would do from a marketing perspective. But I mean, I think there's some highlights here. Again, I wanted to get Cormega involved, and that's why I I, I added him to to this affirmative action two record. Okay. Um, but I think a really underrated track here is Five Minutes to Flush. Okay. Um, I thought it was a really good story. Um, and I think that also it kind of highlighted the fact that, you know, Dre was on this album, but like he didn't produce like some super West Coast sounding thing. And that was the one like really West Coast sounding beat. Yeah. Joint. Um, so I liked that joint and I liked the story and it really, really reminded me of Goodfellas. Okay. So yeah, like top to bottom, what I do is I create a Goodfellas themed album that sticks to the script. Um, still has these disco influences to him, but Poke and Tone, the track masters, they get one or two cuts, you know, on the on it. They're not they're not as heavily involved here. I think they could have um, been had they been better. Yeah, but they, but they're not bad, right? Like when, no, but the, the two that the two records that they did what they do, which is hardcore and um, firm biz. Oh no, that, that firm biz is LES. I'm sorry. Um, the hardcore record, I think, is like quintessential track masters but they they all these poke and tone joints on here are not as good as the ones on yeah. it was written oh for sure and that's what i mean yeah and and i think to some degree you're right right i feel like they they kind of phoned this in like they mailed it yeah. in. it wasn't it didn't sound like they really sat down and said how are we going to do this it sounds like they just sat in the studio smoked a little bit laughed and, and came in and out with their entourages and dropped verses and then somebody pieced it together and made it into an album and but that sounds like the entire album yeah, it sounds yeah, like yeah, people right. just clowning around like oh right. you got to put this album together and that's yeah. why i'm not necessarily sure when you talk about when you talk about you like the idea of almost like a compilation album, you know, just okay. different artists that we like. But I want Dre to executive produce it. So so Dre's not gonna have you just sitting there smoking your weed and then you come in, you drop a bullshit verse and you leave. Okay. You you know how meticulous yeah. Dre is. And I, I don't know if maybe his work ethic developed over time and he wasn't as as hardcore at that point in time. Cause the aftermath compilation would have been there and done that. It was a little shaky. But um but you know, like I, I want him like hands on, and I want him him coaching the players and and like really creating and painting the picture that he wants in this album. So okay, so personnel wise, right? So right. you want to keep half a mil on the album, just on the different part, right? No, I want I want him on Throw Your Guns. I thought you said uh, he was a Brooklyn rapper, right? He is a Brooklyn rapper. But I thought you were saying Throw Your Guns was going to be the Queens track. Well, so I don't believe in it just being a Queens track. I said oh, the okay. Queens thing was me saying that I want Nori on there and I'm going to bring Sticky Fingers on there because with of, of and AZ and with Nas. And half and half. So you're going to have so, five of them on there. So there's five of them on That's right. the posse cut. Um, AZ is from Brooklyn. Half a mil is from Brooklyn. Okay. So, I mean, it, it doesn't become a Queens affair necessarily, but, but you got three Queens rappers. All right, so is cannabis staying on here or not? Cannabis stays. All right, so Wizard oh, and and Pretty Boy are gone. Yes, and the oh, Pretty Boy is so gone. All right, yeah. So 
all right, are we gonna have more Nas? Are we gonna have We're more AZ? Gonna more have Foxy? More Nas. I mean, the thing is, there's only so many tracks here, right? So there's all like it's, it's only, we need only so much love you can have. Um, I, I want them on every song though. You want the okay, like pretty right. much every song. So I'm you okay agree with that like they, a, you you agree that they they needed more of the actual what we yeah. thought was supposed to be like the highlight of the album. Right. Like in my opinion, all these other people are just guest appearances. They're okay. people who are coming in and lending uh, their, their hired guns. But the, you know, and actually, I, now that I really think about it, I was a little disappointed in Foxy on this album. Foxy okay. really didn't. And I mean, again, I've never really been a fan. So, okay. I, I was a fan of the, the little Kim versus Foxy era. And, I, mean, I mean, it was fine. I, I didn't thing. dislike her. She yeah. had some songs I liked, but I wasn't like a fan. Right. But I, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like Foxy was ever a highlight on this album. All right. So maybe just more Nas and more AZ. Yeah. But, I, but I, but I do want, I do want Foxy to get off on something. Sure. I think she's on like six tracks though. Five or six. Yeah. But like, she's not good on this album. All right, well, yeah, but here, I mean, here, you know. here, here's here's a question. Right. Do you think this there could have used a, a a verbal intercourse part two, bring in RZA, bring in Ray, bring in Ghost with Nas? Yo, I don't think it would fit this album, but I would I would love to hear but, verbal okay, intercourse too. Right. But I don't think it it's fit. not going to fit the current structure of the album, mm-hmm. but the concept of the album, mm-hmm. like you're gonna have like Nas Escobar mm-hmm. you know that was all inspired by the verbal intercourse right right right, right. so how are you gonna have that album but you're not gonna have you know you're not gonna have Tony Starks and um oh shoot what was Ray's name yo you are you are heavily oh uh uh what was he Lou Diamonds yeah Lou Diamonds yo yeah. You are heavily a Wu Tang fan, <laughs> and you are trying to inject Wu Tang in a place. With, can you imagine? It's a Dr. Dre album with Wu Tang. Here's the thing, though. With Trackmaster, there's a track with on on it was written mm-hmm. um, called Shootouts. The Trackmaster's mm-hmm. produced, mm-hmm. and that joint sounds like it's a visit beat. And mm-hmm. the only reason why I say that is like, let's say you had. Um, let's just hypothetically speaking, right? right? So obviously, what I'm about to propose is not was would never actually happen. But just hypothetically speaking, right? Let's say we've got you know intro, firm fiasco, phone tap, and then we've got um, we'll say shootouts from it was written and the affirmative action from it. Like those mm-hmm. songs, they all mm-hmm. sound like they could go together. So I'm saying mm-hmm. like there is a scenario yeah. where that type of sound I think could have gone in here on a track yeah just look, i think affirmative it, action definitely comes onto this album just if it if it if it didn't work fine you know but i'm just saying that like the the album is so unfocused as is yes. like yeah i know you're definitely right about you know that. you're definitely right about that i think for me the switch up track has to be a havoc okay that's, that's fine that's personal. cool too yeah in fact in fact i think you could have had maybe not ghost Maybe Ghost Prodigy. is probably too woo, but I think if you had Havoc and Ray and Raekwon, mm, I think yeah. that could have worked. Yeah, for sure, for sure. So when we did Takao 2000, I the reason why that album was so important to me is because I think that had you gotten that album right, mm-hmm. the lasting impact on, on that in the Wu-Tang, I think is a little bit different. Now, obviously, there was a lot of other albums um, that, you know, that album doesn't necessarily have any control over. But I think that that, like I said, I think that album was like the the start of the downfall of, of the Wu-Tang, even though they had some good joints after that. Okay. If they get this album right, mm-hmm. how does that impact music? What's the trajectory mm-hmm. of each individual artist or as mm-hmm. a group? I think, what do you um, think happens? I think personally, well, actually, that's funny because I think it it benefits all of the 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 less major players okay i think it actually could have worked to the detriment of nas okay because of the fact that this is was nas really shooting for his most commercial i would say okay um like i mean he went to it was written and people thought that was commercial and then he went to the firm and i was like all right whoa dog you're you're off the map right if this went like five times platinum I think maybe he would have said, yo, maybe Steve Stout's right. Like, I need to stay on this. So that that worries me. But for everybody else, um, nature to me has always been underrated. Um, and I, I he has some dope, really dope verses and et cetera. I think his his profile would have increased if it, with with the uh, added visibility. I say the same for AZ. Um, and and I and AZ somebody who to me could can have a high profile and still create high you know integrity music like music that's really still good and and it would be dope for az to have a little bit more of a high profile um 
Foxy maybe just remembered in a in a in a better canon. Like I I feel like you know I feel like people think of Little Kim when they think of like legendary female MCs, mm-hmm. and I don't feel like Foxy's name is really mentioned as much as maybe it should be. Okay. So um so I think everybody but Nas you know benefits from this having a higher profile. Okay. Um yeah. So uh, I'm just trying to. Uh... Like coming back to coming back to what I was basically saying or what I was suggesting at the beginning of this, mm-hmm. I'm just curious how necessary this album was. Is it necessary? Um. Oh, so actually, let me add a couple of things to, to right, that. Please do. Um. So, East Coast, West Coast at the time. Yeah. Big dies this year. Yeah. N- Pocket already died. Right. Dre coming together with the firm. Okay. That's a good gesture in terms of East Coast, West Coast coming together. One. Two, at the time, if you remember, there was another super group that was kind of waiting in the wings. And that was Murder, Inc. The original iteration of Murder, Inc. Which was what? Which was Jay-Z, DMX, and Ja Rule. In 97? Yes, because this is when this is when X was coming and Irv Gotti was low key managing all of these artists and talking about this. Okay. So I mean, after the commission this is, this was is all no more, news to me. After the commission was no more, um, because you're, we're talking end of '97, right? Ja Rule's album came out what '98 or '99? I'm guessing 90, it came probably out. early '99 or something like that. I actually don't remember. Okay, so um, well, the first time we actually get to hear these people all together was on Ja Rule's album, the, right. the um, It's Murder song. Right, 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 right. right. But, um, but like just the beginnings of, 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 you know, someone talking about an idea of a super group, mm-hmm. had, it, had it been properly executed here, I think maybe we see more super groups. That's all. Okay. So, I mean, I think, I think that's a, a positive benefit, so... I don't know. Cool. Anyway, so uh, I think the next the next joint that we do is probably going to be another speak on it. Yeah, we should have um, another. We should have a, a few speak on us coming out. Yeah. But uh, the next album I think we we talked about doing was uh, Jay Z Blueprint Two: The Gift and the Curse. Yeah, we might could do that. Yeah, or that's if y'all if y'all are listening uh, and you guys want to throw a suggestion, I suppose we could we could do that too yeah please do i mean hit us on the twitter hit us on the facebook let us know what albums you think are good and uh for us to do and also you know topics and subject matter and if you completely and totally disagree with us please let us us know know. and if you agree with us please like comment share and say hello to all of your friends and tell them about us so i I think that's really all all we got for today um appreciate everybody tuning in i will catch y'all on the next one Peace.